Welcome to City Council. I am super excited to be here because I get to have a good friend and yes. com- hilarious. Co- I'm like, I, this is how I get people to be my friends. I just say it at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, I said it. It's official. It's now true. We, now we send each other cards. I can see them nodding on the Zoom screen. <laughs> They're like, I'm not nodding. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> Shaking my head vigorously. Sorry to interrupt my intro. <laughs> no, it's it's great. Hilarious comedian, writer, amazing person. Give it up for Josh Gondelman, everybody Hello. in Thank your Thank you. Homes. Yeah. You better be giving it up at home. <laughs> you better be giving I'm- it up. Please, I require a standing ovation. <laughs> Take your hands off the wheel while you're mm-hmm. driving and mm-hmm. clap for Josh mm-hmm. Gondelman. Put down the child you're feeding. Clap <laughs> can, for me. <laughs> can you tell I've been hosting too many comedy shows? <laughs> I, but you're, I, I've done that on podcasts go. before. The restrooms are in the back, folks. <laughs> um. <laughs> Keep supporting live podcasting. Keep yeah. coming back. Fill out the comment cards. So I, I looked you up just because I wanted to make sure... <laughs> You were the right person, but Google has listed you as an American author as like your, when when I, you just Google your name. Did you know that? I, I had seen that. That's pretty funny. Did you know that Google lists your wife, Maris, as just an author, not even an American not author? Not even an American author? She's international. She's Ms. Worldwide. Oh, okay. I was going to say, maybe Google just doesn't think women are Americans. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's very, very Republican party chic of like, men are white men, straight white says men are the real Americans, and yeah. everyone else is like a different thing. A different, yeah. We're probably like Canadian or something, you know, the Canadian. socialists or whatever. I don't know. It's just, it's just socialists. <laughs> yeah. They're they're Um, practically European, honestly. How are you doing, Josh? I'm pretty good, thanks. I've been having a nice time. I've been on the road a lot lately, which has been really fun. I hadn't done that for a long time, and now I'm back doing it, and it's been a really good time. And like doing little freelance stuff here and there, I've I've had a very nice fall into winter. Um, Yeah, it's been really great. I'm like very grateful, and I'm like gonna start really looking for like job jobs next year but I've had like since Jesus and Marrow where I used to work ended in July and then I had a little thing that I don't know that I can say yet that I did through the like early fall and so I was very busy and then I like worked on some stuff on my own that I'm still waiting for word on but like now I'm like in a position where I can truly just like do stuff day to day and I don't have like a job or like a big overarching project that's taking up my time. So it's been a lot of that, a lot of hanging out with Maris and our pug Busy, who Aww. is a little under the weather lately. Um, Busy's older, right? Yeah, she's 15 and she Aww. hurt her eye. So she's, while that heals, she has to wear a cone the whole time. Oh my God. And so she's been in it for like three weeks already. The foster that I have had to wear a cone after getting neutered and he's Ooh. a puppy. And yeah. it was a whole thing getting it back on. Very cute while he wore really it, dude. but so he was cute. trying to eat it the whole time for sure. <laughs> she just gets so fussy because she just wants to rub her face on stuff. Like she, her eyes are like they're, they're like observatories. <laughs> That's what they look like. Oh. Like they're not just eyes. Like they they're kind of like big and bulging and outward. And it's so, like the, the Ripley's believe it or not when the people have their eyes pop out. Have you yes, seen that? that's what yeah. she's like at every moment. She yeah. looks like like when a wolf sees a cartoon wolf sees a sexy lady. <laughs> that's like her. <laughs> Maybe she's just horny all the time. She Maybe might just be horny. <laughs> Maybe she's just like yowza. And, the uh, whole time. <laughs> so her, you know, if the, the normal like kind of tear gunk that builds up in everybody's eyes she just wants to like wipe it off but that's why she has the cone so she can't do that so we every 
day we'll have like a little i'll scoop her up and take off the cone and my wife will towel her off little gunk distributor going back to you saying that you had something you can't talk about and just for the audience anytime a comedian says that they've joined the cia so that's i've joined the cia yeah yeah i did like a two three months in i was doing stand-up private gigs at a cia black site prison yeah and it was it was a tough (laughs) crowd tough crowd they but there's always that one guy who loves being roasted you know yeah 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 yeah. well he right they, i mean that means a different thing at a black side prison yeah. there was a lot yeah. of kind of like hot laser torture <laughs> so in looking you up i also saw that your website says comedian writer pal mm-hmm. um but in a different way i'm a comedian writer and a pal <laughs> how would you just make distinct your palhood from me palavi's palhood <laughs> I wouldn't. I would say. You want it? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> no, I have you ever had someone be like, What kind of comedy do you do? And you're like, What answer to that question do you think I can possibly give? Like, yeah. you don't, like, um, the, the genres of comedy are like musical, ventriloquism, right? Even observational. I bet so few people are like, I'm observational. That's like, my put me in that box usually when i when i think observational you think seinfeld and you think like you think like a white guy who who can afford to comment on not not their experience because like just general experiences because they are the default that's what i think of it's in people who are who are not expected to say anything personal right in that way that aren't that aren't being asked to like divulge or disclose or explain anything yes Um, and i'm not i'm not dissing them at all i do think that they're very very funny observational comics but that's like what comes to mind i'm like oh like i know nothing about you and you're very funny you know (laughs) but i also think i also think sometimes not that you're meaning it this way i think sometimes people mean it as a dig because it feels like it's of such a time like when you think like you said you think about seinfeld who's doing like I think if someone really sounded like Seinfeld, like cadence wise and structure wise today, you would be like, why are you doing like, have you seen comedy since 2000? I've seen some, I've seen some that have felt like, yeah, I I have a friend who I call my Seinfeld because (laughs) he like, he does sound and have kind of that cadence and that structure, not in that he's trying to mimic it. That's just natural to him. There's only so many ways to talk. Yeah. Yeah, There's, it's already been established. We've chosen (laughs) each each of us have chosen the way we speak. Right. um, There's according to the quotas that need to be met, you know, you can't can't be like, well, oh, I do comedy. I talk like Busta Rhymes. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god sometimes i do see comedians talk really really fast and wait for Mm -hmm. an applause break and i'm like yeah that's a bust (laughs) over yeah 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 that's right that's right but i do think there are there are people that are doing observational stuff that don't maybe wouldn't self-apply that or maybe wouldn't you like i think so much of like shang wang stuff is like really he has such a keen observant eye for like the world um and it's it's not that it's like you know because sometimes people talk about like political stuff and even if when you're making political observations you're like oh that's political comedy not observational comedy to put a bow on this conversation i'm sure is i'm boring the listeners to tears um i say pal because i think like the vibe of most of the work that i do that that like you can draw a line from me to that like when it's not a job that i'm working on for someone else um kind of behind the scenes it is like pretty friendly they'll be like what kind of comedy do you do and i'm like it's pretty friendly (laughs) Yeah, I think of you as like a nice guy before nice guy was made into a bad thing. 
You know how like wife guy <laughs> was a bad thing or like male feminist, like how like sure. ruined all of those things. Sure. I think of like the original term of it, like, oh, he's like a nice guy, you know? <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind. And I tried to like, I'm always so leery of like self-applying things that are yes. so red flaggy or have become yes. so red flaggy, which is why like I think friendly is one that hasn't been ruined yet. 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 I friendly. said yet. Or yeah. pal, that pal. I mean, the fall from grace could come soon. People, yeah. they've been going through these terms really quickly. <laughs> I know, right, 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 right. We're down. We're really we're looking for new ways to identify creeps. And yeah. friend is the next. Friend one. is the next one. Yeah, yeah, just really problematic Quaker comedians. <laughs> <laughs> so many. There's so many of those. So we many. filled a quota on those. Can you talk a little bit about how you got into comedy and like what your background is and where you're from and stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm from. So I grew up just outside Boston in the suburbs and huge I, Boston vibes from you. Oh yeah. Nobody ever guesses. I don't, I also don't, unless I'm like watching sports or sitting in traffic, you would never get it from my voice. Like people who that is meet so me funny. that don't know anything about me when they meet, they're like, are you from Canada? And I, yeah. like, almost universally, if people had to guess just based on my voice, Canada because you're a socialist um, and not it is American. yeah I, I know that's it I'm not the, take it off my my google results yeah. just put author, author. um <laughs> but I grew up in the in the suburbs of Boston and did like theater among other things in high school but theater was kind of the direct the route to where I am now mm -hmm. and I thought I was gonna okay this is like a very weird thing but in my high school I went to a fairly small high school about I graduated in like a class of 185 or so mm -hmm. and we our student government like class president etc they had two big jobs there was student council that was separate but mm -hmm. the, the student the class officers yeah. had two jobs they planned the dances yes. the proms etc and the each grade did a comedy sketch Ooh, for yeah. our big school variety show and it was I did that stuff too we had oh really Spirit week and I would do like the dance stuff yeah and, like the funny we did like a Napoleon dynamite thing yes. that was huge in Utah yep. <laughs> yeah. yep. and so um we so one of the 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 elected class officers wrote the comedy sketch that oh, was cool. like one of the jobs so I was class vice president freshman year and then I was class president for three <gasps> years on the strength of comedy writing because that that's what awesome. you were elected to do so like my origin story is like immensely clear in that I am completely motivated by like praise and attention and found a way to get that as a that's, young person and then just yet, kind of coasted for the next couple decades so far that's yet um, another thing you and Zelensky have in common just elected <laughs> president because you're comedian <laughs> That's We're I am always honestly, talking about this. You and they Zelensky. call me. They call me Boston Zelensky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's what my you know that's the name of my fantasy team, the Boston Zelenskys. Yeah. Hoops. Uh, <laughs> that is what people think of me as. But yeah, so I did that. I like went to Brandeis, which is just outside Boston. Mm. I have to say Brandeis because when I say I went to college just outside Boston, people are like, "We get it, Harvard," but it was not. <laughs> What was Brandeis's thing? Great question. Not fun. That's oh. like the vibe. It's like not a and different than like you Chicago has like I I've heard it described as where fun goes to die and it's not like a grim academic place. It's just like a lot of kind of people that get really into their own nerddoms if that makes oh, sense. Oh yeah. 
like it's like it's is it like, like a smaller school yeah it's about 3200 yeah. undergrad and so not not tiny but not big the the fraternities and like sororities are all kind of not officially acknowledged by the school mm. so there's not a lot of big and then it's division three so it's not a big like sports frat party culture school that's kind of like what my undergrad was where were you where'd you go undergrad i went to caltech and there were like mm. 900 undergrads and 1200 grad students and then 300 Whoa. faculty and staff and then we yeah. like didn't have a football team yeah and like Same. we didn't have frats or sororities because they were like banned in like the 40s or something but yeah. like all the dorms took over like those types of personalities mm -hmm. so yeah it was similar i think i also had a friend who went to brandeis and he was telling me there's like a large jewish population at brandeis very right? jewish yeah it's but really, i didn't want to say that right no, after no, no. you were like it was not fun i was like <laughs> oh no never mind it's not no it's not <laughs> like a it, it's it's not like a yeshiva where you're there to like do religious study yeah but yeah it's but like, there's just happens to be like a large jewish population and, right and there's also more kinds of jews there like it's it's very it's like a baskin robbins of, of jewish yeah people. 31 flavors of jews wow. um eight, 18 we would do 18 just to keep it on <laughs> but um i went to college with a bunch of like pretty well, I mean, I mostly knew the modern Orthodox kids. So like mm. there, I went to college with a lot of people that were like very, grew up very observant and were like maybe a little less when they were in college. Like they were kind of taking a step back to be a little bit more secular. But a lot of people that like there were kosher dining halls and um, a lot of the, you know, they would have like a party on Purim, which is like a Jewish oh. festival. And, and then th there would be like various parties, but the Orthodox ones, like the serious Orthodox ones, there would be like a divider down the middle and, and men would be on one side and women would be on the other, which is not mm -hmm. how the whole campus was. People I think are sometimes under the impression that it's like an entirely Jewish school, but it is just very Jewish, like more yeah. Jewish than most places in America yeah. for sure. That's cool. Okay. So then in college, what did you study? I studied English and creative writing and I was a Spanish mm. minor and I did improv from freshman year on and then sketch junior and senior year. My roommates and I founded this sketch group that we just like took over a coffee house on campus that's in a, it used to, it's, I think it's gone now. It used to be in a castle. Um, oh, there's a what? castle on campus. Well, I'll, I'll explain this act. And then started doing stand up after freshman year. The castle was it, it had previously been in like an unaccredited medical school. I think it was where like Jews went to medical school when other medical schools wouldn't let them in, oh, I believe. Wow. Yeah. And it was just like a guy had been in Scotland and saw this castle and he's like, I want to recreate it in Waltham, Massachusetts. Wow. And so, which is like truly eight miles west of the city of Boston. He hired an architect and was like, get the blueprints and make me this castle. And the people, the Scottish nobles or whoever wouldn't give him the that is so funny would give so he sketched it from the outside That's and then crazy. built it from the outside in so that there's just stuff that doesn't connect because it's like the outside first like it's a gingerbread house essentially and so that's then they how, had to... that's how hollywood stars are also built from the outside from the outside in, in? <laughs> sure right, right 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 they're like well we'll they got the right nose we we'll figure the out the talent yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh um, don't do this at home folks don't try to build your own castle based yeah, off of it's, facades it's, <laughs> no. And so and so there's just like towers with nothing in them because they were like, whoops, we didn't know how to put a staircase to there. That's fucking awesome. It's That's hilarious. Amazing. That's like I a think Harry Potter thing. But it's like, so silly. But stairs don't ever come back. <laughs> right, 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 right. They just you're, you just like go up to the top and you're like, oh, this goes 
truly to nowhere. It's truly just like a nowhere. wall. Yeah. That's <laughs> and awesome. So there was a coffee. I think the castle's mostly gone now, but there was like this coffee shop called Chums that was in the castle. And we Chums, uh, pals, Chums. friends. Oh I know. my goodness. Well, okay. Chums allegedly, the, the creators of Friends, the TV show, oh. went to Brandeis. <gasps> and and the rumor is that Central Perk is based on Chums. However, if you've been in Chums, you'd be like, there's no fucking way. They're nothing alike <laughs> other than they both serve coffee. And it's about friends. And, they're and it's about out. friends. The friends yeah. you along the way. Wow. Interesting. You've been doing comedy for a really long time then. Yeah. I started when I was 19. So I, this year is like my first couple of years in stand up were pretty slow because I was mostly yeah. on campus and I would do like one open mic. You were a, a literal week. child. I was a child. And, um, <laughs> And, but I've been doing it 18 years. Yeah. That's awesome. And then do you have siblings? I do. I have one sister. What does she do? She is a pediatric physical therapist. Oh my gosh. Together, Patch Adams, you know? No, right. <laughs> she, well, she's pretty funny. I would say, oh, cool. you, I would say just her, it's go Patch with Adams. her skill set. Yeah. Because I don't bring much to the table. <laughs> I, I did used to teach preschool though. That oh, was my cool. job. Oh, yeah. cool. Wow. When? Right after um, college or? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, almost all of my previous employment before comedy full time was early childhood education. Okay, I tutored. This makes complete sense of why you are the way you are. Yeah. But it, I also work with kids a lot, but I'm like the op. I'm like the okay, get your work done, like tough love kind of. <laughs> oh, I was so gentle because I so I worked for this tutoring company from the time I graduated until until I started working full time in a on a TV show mm. and so i i worked there for like six seven years probably often the, between the boston and new york offices and i was especially when i got to new york there are a lot more kids th in new york than in boston who do like yeah. rigorous high school entrance exam prep yeah like getting ready to like apply to the private high schools that's what happened when i was in sf and i was tutoring and they were all trying to apply to the private high schools because the public high schools sucked most of them yeah. Um, but then the private high schools also kind of sucked because they were all like themed and weird, but everybody was like, hustling that's like Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Like there was like an art high school and like mm -hmm. this kid would take a chemistry class and have to do an art project for chemistry class. And I was like, this is stupid. Like, I don't the, know the, why they do this. These were kids getting ready for like the gossip girl, New York city prep schools. Oh, wow. So, but I was the one because they're the tutors at this company where a lot of them were like really high achieving yeah. like, musicians and finance people. Like there were people that mostly did like high level math and almost no one had the patience. Like my client roster, I could always work because they knew I would work with like the 11, 12, 13, 14 year olds. Yeah. And so a lot of the other tutors were like, don't make me look at anyone younger oh, than 16. Really? Yeah. I love they were just working. like, these kids are too little. I work, I've like Zoom tutored like five-year-olds. Like I love yeah. working with everybody, but I definitely am like, okay, I'm using my stern voice now. Mm -hmm. You know what that means? Yep. <laughs> Whereas I feel yeah. like you, you're more gentle. Oh wait, and then also what do your parents do? And how do my, they feel about you doing comedy? They're very supportive. When I started to transition from full-time work in education into comedy, my mom was always very nervous about, yes. it wasn't money because i think she knew like i could always go back to another job you oh, know like it was it wasn't like you'll be and, and that's kind of how i felt too like i grew up my my mom was in education as well she was the director of a little independent school for several years she worked she trained teachers she worked in like a lot of different capacities in education and my dad was a glazer they're both they're both living and retired glazer. i say was 
Gla what a is glazer is it's the facet of construction where you install like glass uh oh. big gla glass storefronts is what he did he did, he did commercial glass yeah so he would do something like picture like an apple store is like yeah. the kind of thing he would do so they did that for a long time and they were always they were always very supportive of like my goals they weren't like the parents that were like paying my rent so i could do stand up but they they were very supportive and but my mom was like make sure you have healthcare, whatever you're doing, yeah. like whether you have to pay for it or whether you have to take on a part-time job. Yeah. And, but I, I was like, oh, if I go to New York, like when I moved to New York, the thing that psychologically let me move from Boston to New York was going like, if this goes badly, like if I just eat shit and, and everyone just boos me off the stage every time I go up. Which I do I, every time you get on stage. I know. And like, I appreciate that. It makes boo. me stronger. Yeah. I, it's nice to know. It's nice yeah. to have a friend. It's nice when your haters are a friendly face, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, if it goes bad, I could just move back. And that's not a shame. It, I tried something and it didn't work out. And that's an experience. And I felt the same financially. I was like, I had a little savings. And I was like, if I, if I burn through this and I have no way of making money, I will just get a job and then, you know, get a full-time job again and go from there because I was I was always working I ramped up my tutoring hours but I like left behind the classroom teaching my mom wasn't like how will you feed yourself but she was like if you get sick what will happen yeah um fair and, enough fair, yeah, fair concern from the parents they're very supportive this yeah. is the story I always tell about my my dad which is when I graduated I graduated with a, a short fiction major and I wasn't submitting anything I wasn't like writing fiction I was mm. just doing comedy I was doing like not even writing like in Boston there are so few especially then as opposed to now where like the internet has truly made things so global but yeah. this was like this makes me sound so old but it was like the beginning of podcasts so you yeah. didn't even know there wasn't a way to hear like every working comedian talk for an hour every week about like which we to... here at city council love <laughs> I'm not against it. I'm just no, saying I'm like, until like, I I feel like this is not a novel observation, but like yeah. WTF kind of blew the doors open yes. for just like hearing comics Comedians. talk all the time about yeah. how to work in the industry. And yeah. so I, I like wasn't, and in Boston, there's just like, you fucking, you go up, you get, you, you're a good stand up. You just fucking, you do it, guy. You kill. That's how you know you're good. And so that was like the highest. Wow, Josh, achievement. Their, their culture is not your costume. Okay. No, it truly is. <laughs> it's really it, is. it literally is. It's my culture. <laughs> it's your culture. I know. My culture is my costume. I love but, that it comes out when you're like angry. Cause when oh, yeah. I'm, when I'm angry is when my like Tamil and Hindi swears come out. Like I oh, always yeah. say, I learned my anger language in my mother tongue, like in my dad. Oh, that's so language, funny. You know? But that's how I feel about Boston. Where yeah. I'll be like, are you fucking kidding me, guy? And then it's like, who's that who, dude? Yeah, like, who am I? <laughs> like, I'll watch the, I'll be watching the Celtics and it's just like, I don't think my wife knows this man, the guy that I am, <laughs> like when I'm watching the NBA, like scaring my dog. That would have been so um, funny if it wasn't just anger, if it was like love too. And then like yeah. your, your vows, you're like, I just fucking love you. <laughs> you're, you're a good shit, kid. <laughs> just call my wife kid. And like, Ugh. That's so right. Any strong emotion. Yeah. But it, there was just no thought of like, there was no blueprint. Nobody that I knew yet had yeah. gone on to like 
write for television. And so I was just doing standup because that's one, I could get immediate feedback. And two, it was like what was in front of me. There weren't like people I was talking to that were like, yeah. oh, here's this other kind of stuff you can do. So my dad, he like asked me, he was like, have you been submitting writing places and I was like no the all the advice I get is to like read literary journals and like see what what your work is a good fit for and I haven't gone out and done that I'm just like you know I, I just keep hitting these stumbling blocks and my dad yeah. gave me 40 bucks and was like we'll go out and buy some literary journals and like do it you know you say you want to do it so Aww. do the thing and it's like such a sweet thing where he wasn't like you know I'll pay your rent for a month so you can just write but he was like here's a small amount of money that is like for your goals yeah. and which is really sweet and like meant a lot and continues to mean a lot to me I think about it all the time people ask what my parents reaction was and my mom's was not good but my dad <laughs> said all the things about how like there's no such thing as like wasted time or experience mm -hmm. um they like love me and then he was also like what do we need to do to make sure that you're a successful comedian? And that wow. made me feel like I had a team with me and that I wasn't alone. Yeah. Like once that's I really beautiful. told them that that's what I wanted to quit my PhD for, you know, right. like, cause I felt so alone in the decision-making process, even though yep. I had like really supportive friends and stuff, but like, I think family is like a different like level sometimes. Totally different. Yeah. So that was my dad's you know, $40 moment. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's how they took it. That's, that's what they're about. They live in the house where my sister and I grew up still. That's so sweet. Yeah. It's really cute. My sister lives really close to them and sees them a lot. And, and we're close. Like we talk on the phone regularly. I'm close with my sister. That's um, great. Yeah. It's a very, we have a small family overall. Like it's not, mm. we don't, I have no first cousins. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it's like my, aunts and uncle and my grandparents my grandparents all passed away so i have some aunts and a couple aunts and a couple i get some aunts <laughs> i got some aunts here there well, you think i don't have aunts i get some aunts <laughs> i got some um, fucking aunts <laughs> I get, are you kidding me guy i got fucking aunts out the ass <laughs> oh my god wow that was incredible <laughs> it is truly like i don't want to sound like i'm just like making fun of people that sound like that because that is like who i am <laughs> that is so funny because that is the like when children of immigrants do the accent that's like yeah. a whole heated conversation yes in comedy. yes 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 and like for me like there's a, a another generation of comics who like haven't necessarily you know done it less time than me because i started late but like who are younger than me who like will never do the accent and i'm sure. like but literally like my cousins and i do that to bond with each other yeah and like sometimes we do you know speak in like that accent or like in that language or whatever yeah. it's weird to me because i'm like but if i do it at home but not in public <laughs> like is right that <laughs> like right. like my 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 cousins who are half white and half indian like that's something that they really bonded with their dad over like doing mm -hmm. jokes in like an indian accent and like all of it and it's very like sweet and heart and not like making fun of sure like their dad it's like they're doing it with him you know what i mean so yeah I was, i'm like that's weirder to like do it at home and not in public well, it's, it's <laughs> like, interesting right i i mean i feel like it's like i think about and i'm obviously not the arbiter of this but i feel like i've oh, heard roy okay. would <laughs> i mean obviously i just want to express my no, awareness of that know, but kidding. like when roy wood jr talks about like t when he's doing bits to take them in front of black audiences and yes. be like does this feel like if it's talking about an issue like is this something that that i'm speaking for and with my culture or is it a thing where i feel like it's it's for people the joke is for people outside of my culture yeah. at the expense of my culture and i'm like that's so 
smart and thoughtful. Yeah, it's a it's a lot harder to do like Indian rooms sometimes because yeah. or like your own people's rooms because they're the ones who are holding you accountable as like a representative. Yeah. You know, and so like if you are doing like hack shit that monetizes, you know, like hate speech or stuff mm-hmm. against your own culture. Even even stereotypes. I feel like stereotypes, there's yeah. You can I've done like synagogue shows and you go like, oh, how much of this is like fun? We all get that we can be like this. And how much of it is people, do you feel people bristling of like, oh, this is like how other people talk about us. Yeah. Like this isn't what we say about ourselves. And so like that, the way that Roy talks about performing for black crowds is like such a, it was like so illuminating to to hear him say that. And yeah, I think there's also some things where like, people I've seen will go like the full other way where they'll they'll not want to bring up any subject that has been brought up by an Indian comedian and it's like some of those experiences we just have and that's why we talk about it like Mm -hmm. being hairy as an Indian like a South Asian woman like that is an experience because we are trying to fit into this standard and like just us talking about it isn't hack you know depending on how it's approached or whatever totally I I think it's all perspective and it's all like what your relationship to the topic is right because there's only so many things like unless you're a full surrealist there's only so much to talk about right unless you you'll only say things that have literally happened to you and no one else or you're making up things that have never happened to anyone you're going to like Right. That's how I feel about Julio Torres with like, yes. and, <laughs> it's and, so funny, but it's like, no one else would ever think of this. And it's Julio, like incredible. Right. And Julio, like nothing Julio says or does is like anything anyone else would do. Yeah. But you would also know, even if you weren't talking about the exact same subject, if someone was like doing Julio's thing, you would know it in an instant because yeah. you're like, only Julio is like that. That's that's kind of how I feel about like Maria Bamford a little bit too. Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. No okay. doubt about it. You and I could talk about comedy for hours and hours, for sure. but that's not what this podcast is only about, kind of. That's fair. Okay, so you, then you worked you worked on Last Week Tonight, you worked on Jesus mm-hmm. and Marrow. Okay, this next part is only going to go for the Patreon, but I want some juicy gossip from behind the scenes at these places that you can tell my Patreon subscribers- okay. Any, any story. <laughs> okay. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one story from, from each. And if, there's, okay. if you want more, more, you can tell more. Hey guys, this is Paula V. You know the deal. If you want to hear this hot gossip that Josh is about to tell us and some gossip that I'm also going to share about John Oliver and Jesus and Marrow, please join the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash city council show. Council is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L. Okay. Back to the pod. What a world. Uh, that's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Really I, fun. do, I mean, I, I do love that. Like you can work with and for so many different types of personalities, like from even within the same project, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. It's fun. I mean, like I, I really like that about comedy and I think stand up yeah. in a lot of ways is kind of like you work with people closely that you might not otherwise know. Yes. A hundred percent. People with from really different backgrounds with yeah. really different interests. And I think some of that is like, can be really wonderful yeah Um, it's really beautiful because i'm i I look around all the time and i'm like i would never know this set of characters were it not for comedy like i still would have been in my like science bubble you know and totally i wouldn't have been as aware of like social issues and and Mm -hmm. things like that so yeah it's it's really cool and i i think that like i i'm a big not across the board but i think people 
treat stand-up comedy like it's this one shitty part of it like when people are like stand-up is xyz or comedians are xyz and i think there's such like a obviously not rewarded at equal levels within the industry but such a multiplicity and diversity of voices and modern stand-up and and people talk about comedians as being like lone wolves or whatever which is just like i don't know i i would say 80 percent of the people i talk to all the time are like different comedians you know what I mean it's just like yeah I was so social earlier when you were talking about how like you studied like theater and I was like I wonder how many dudes in leather jackets are theater kids you know what I mean like in stand-up because I I have my pleather jacket and I was more of a science person but like Mm -hmm. I bet all these people were in like musicals and shit in high school you know a lot of them yeah (laughs) or in it's or it's people that like you just meet so many different people and socialize with people that are like even just geographically like living in New York now I work every night with people from different parts of the country, different parts of the world. We hung out and a comedian walked past us and we oh, yeah. hired a cab, right? Like, yeah. Yep. So that like, even just like the proximity too. It's, yeah. I really, I really love it and value what a, like a cross-cultural learning experience standup is, which people don't think of it as because you, they think of people working alone. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's so much more than that. It's so much more like, full um yeah. than I think people think that's a about. great way to put it yeah okay we have to move on we talk too much to each other okay. <laughs> but, yeah. but okay that's my that's me all the time that's yeah me too <laughs> okay lightning round nice guy disses this is a game we're gonna play okay what would you say to someone who is or did one of the followings and it's like you're a nice guy and I need to know exactly what you would say to this person what would you say to a Nazi if you met a Nazi oh hmm that's a good question. I probably <laughs> would try not to not to hang with a Nazi. I would be like, oh. There's a um, Nazi in front of you. You he says something to you. What do you? Yeah. He's like, I'm a Nazi. What do you respond? I would just be like, I think I would say, "Fuck you, man." Okay, yes, that's what I was looking for. Okay, yeah. what about someone who's fiscally liberal but socially conservative? I'd be very fiscally liberal. Wait, fiscally liberal, socially conservative? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a weirdo one. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say to someone who is that? Um, I guess it depends on the context we were talking about. But I think, I mean, this might be another fuck you, man. <laughs> okay, very, great. What, um, about, yeah. what about a family member who has no boundaries? It's the holidays. They're yeah. coming up. They're asking intimate mm. details about your relationship with your wife. Or they're oh, busting, sure. busting in through your door without knocking. Mm. What do you say? I would, I, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty bad at setting boundaries, but I would think I would say something like, I, they're prying, hold on, I'm trying to get in this way, they're prying, they're asking a thing I don't want to answer. I think I'd be like, oh, you know, um, I don't really feel comfortable answering that question. Great. Perfect. What would you, now I know part of what your reaction would be, what would you probably yell to someone in a Boston accent who cut you off in traffic? Oh yeah, I mean that's like another. I mean we're going to the same well a lot. I uh, fuck you, guy. <laughs> Great. But it's a what lot if- of. I mean it's a lot of like, are you shitting me? That's the other one yeah. that I would yell if not at a person, but just like about to the a sky. Situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about someone who stepped on your foot unintentionally, but like made eye contact with you while doing it, and then didn't apologize and just walked away? Oh, here's what I would do. That's a very real power move. I would give it like a excuse me. <laughs> And then I would just leave it there. Your face is so confused. Okay. Yeah. I what would about, look perplexed for sure. 
<laughs> awesome. Okay, this is a sex in the city thing, but also something okay. I think about because it happened to me. What about someone whose house you went to and like you put your coat down or something and it was stolen there, but it was like never replaced. And this is like someone, it's like a house party of friends, like people who were vetted through the person who was hosting, right? Yeah. Yep. What do you okay. do if you're like, oh, my, my scarf was stolen and the guy was like, that sucks. I would, this is what I would do. I know for sure. I would send a, a message later. I'd be like, hey, this is this scarf was really something that was important to me. Um, would you mind just, I would give so much leeway. I would be like, would you mind just emailing the whoever the invitation list? Mm. Just asking if anyone went home with it by accident. Oh, that's good. Not assuming the worst. I like that. I would that's... be assuming the worst, but oh. I would be <laughs> acting like I wasn't. Yeah it's like the the nice email yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> if you yeah. Wouldn't mind okay how would you say the following in a nicer way so like translate this to sure. to josh please don't sleep with my wife oh that's a good question Ooh, that already is a pretty nice way to say that honestly okay. well i'm saying it with like a please before but okay how about like don't fuck my wife <laughs> i think you know i think it's like okay, please yeah it's like what about oh i don't know if or but this is the way i would do the same thing i'd be like oh you must not realize that this person is married to me. This seems, <laughs> I'm helping you out. You, you must be so embarrassed when you find this out and just this, not I act like I don't know what's going that's on. That's like shade. That's like Midwestern shade yeah, of like, that's my style. A real heart. Midwestern passive South, aggression. Yeah. What about don't fuck me? <laughs> <laughs> what if you're like, don't sleep with me? That tone is that? so funny too. Well, in, in college once this happened to me, I, I had a, uh, I, I was going to say I had a girlfriend. I was dating someone and we hadn't really defined it yet. And mm. I was at this um, party and this young woman and I were, were talking and we were just like having a, having a great time talking. And yeah. she was like, come into the bathroom with me. And I was like, sure. Because I, she was like telling me all sorts of funny stories. Because you were so excited to do cocaine, Josh. Get out. Come what? on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she, that's not true. She was like, she was telling me all these like kind of funny, embarrassing stories. And she was like, come to the bathroom with me. And I was like, ooh, she must have a story that's so embarrassing or so like gross. Yeah. She didn't even say it in front of everyone else. So I went to the bathroom and she went to kiss me. Oh. And I was so not mad, but I was just like, oh, oops. And I put my no! hand in front of my face and kind of like, stiff arm mushed her face off my face and I went oh no I'm so sorry and then she was like you have a girlfriend don't you and I was like I do I think and she was like that is yeah. so funny and they had the same name too she was like what's her name which I was like I don't know why she asked that and I said her name she was like that's my name and I was like yeah I know <laughs> oh my god that is so funny that okay first the visual of it is impeccable but also the fact that you're such a writer you were like oh my god she's about to tell me more material like <laughs> I was just so like we we were having such a fun conversation yeah. That I was like, oh, this is like, I've just made this like cool new friend that that is just like real open. Okay. So the don't fuck me is you just stiff arming a face stiff out of your face. Stiff arm someone's face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. With my hand. What about- while, apo while apologizing. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, stop trying to convert me to your religion and or trying to get me to sign this petition on the street? Oh, I'll just be like, oh, no, thanks. I don't have a, okay. um, the petition on the street. I'll just be like, no, thanks. But like, good luck with the whales. <laughs> good luck I'm rooting with for the them. Whales. Yeah. And then don't like, try to convert uh, me. It's just like, oh, I'm pretty good where I am now. I'm like 
pretty settled on Judaism. <laughs> so so <laughs> I appreciate it. I was like, if you want to, or I'll even, I'll be like, look, if you want to like, if you got literature you want to hand me, but like I've, I'm on my way out. So, you know, if you want to give me your pamphlet, I'll, I'll That's take it. So but I, I'm pretty. Yeah. You walk out of your apartment building and then they're there and you're like, I'm on my way out and you walk back in, you know, I'm on my way back in. Yeah. Um, what about politely asking someone if they're wearing natural deodorant? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I don't think there's a good way to do that. That one, I think you just have to kind of eat it. You oh, know? It smells are the... so confusing, but it's so important to educate people. I know. If they are, because you, it's so hard to know that you're like, even my dogs will have accidents in the house, right? Sure. And I like clean it up and then I leave and I come back and I'm like, oh my God, it still smells like pee, but I was in there for so long. Yes, I so thought I got the... it yep. all. Yep. But that happens with your own body. So that's like, actually that that's an ad for toms of maine <laughs> toms of maine <laughs> is that, is that not it's like a natural maybe they don't i haven't heard of it in a long time but they used to make maybe they still do it was like natural toothpaste and deodorants oh. and stuff. before that was like super in vogue like that was always the alternative brand when i was wow. growing up was toms of maine yeah i didn't know that cool mm -hmm. do you know meran kegani um, so, yeah i just feel like i should quote him on this he had a joke about referring to toms deodorant the natural deodorant as a placebo toiletry that i always think about <laughs> that's really fun what about i don't want to eat your fruitcake grandma oh i'm that's that one i've done many times i just like oh this looks so good but i think i'll be sick if i eat anymore <laughs> that feels like that feels like almost an ins insult if you didn't have any more anymore right oh <laughs> looking at this i would be sick if i ate that that would I make would me sick sick I'm sick just looking. So at it. good, but it make, it would make me sick. What about just you know like stopping mean to me? I'm trying to have a social interaction. Like I get in this situation so many times where I feel like someone's being mean to me, and I'm just trying to interact with them socially, but I can't bring it up. How do you how do you tell someone? Please. Stop. Oh yeah, that is tough when you're trying to transition to like I was just trying to say a real thing here. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I always betray my passive aggression there too fast by accident Ooh. where i'll be like that's very funny but <laughs> <laughs> dude that is cold that is... it's too cold and i don't mean it to come out like i would rather like because i always am like i want to have because i'm like a riffy guy like i yeah. like to goof around and stuff but then sometimes when you're not feeling it to transition back to yeah. like regular talking is so hard and it feels yeah. so mean to just like mush someone's bit in the face that is so like that is like every family interaction i feel like sometimes my family is like that's very funny but we're talking about something else yes that's the way <laughs> it's like when you're not even that's very funny <laughs> just like you're trying to be funny but we're yes, talking about that's something nice, but you're like ooh, oh a shiver went down my spine yeah how do i participate if not for the riff <laughs> yeah um okay so that was a fun lightning round how of how to behave? translating to nice guy disses <laughs> okay now we're gonna get into the news we gotta get into the news Let's that's what this it. podcast is so now we're gonna do trivia questions on like headlines of what's been okay. happening who won the world cup oh argentina won the world cup in penalty kicks over Ooh, France. And it was Messi's first, right? World Cup. Yes. Yes, yes, um, yes. And France had won the previous one. Mm, I don't know things. I'm that, that was me just that's not even part of the trivia game. I was just genuinely I asking. I think <laughs> it was I Argentina hadn't won since I think like 76, maybe. Ooh. Maybe it was longer than that, but it was a really long time. 
what's crazy to me is because of this world cup, I looked up Lionel Messi's age and I expected it to be close to mine because it's a sport and you have to be like very physically adept at sports and he's 35, but I've heard his name my whole life. So I was like, how is this possible? He like, was it played in his first world cup as a toddler? That's insane. Um, okay. Football babies. Yeah. (laughs) Football babies. (laughs) Little league. Which Mm -hmm. person was ignored while trying to talk to Messi in the mix zone after he won? Oh, I, I don't know him. this, but I have a guess, which is Elon Musk. Oh my God! Okay, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that later. No, okay. Salt Bay from the oh meme. Salt Bay. I saw that picture. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. Like yeah. grabbing at Messi, and Messi's like, "Who the fuck are you?" He, I saw a picture of him with the trophy. Oh my God! He has what? What is Salt Bay doing? I've never seen a meme milked for so long. <laughs> like, I know. I heard his food isn't even that good. Um, I heard that too. I also saw that Macron got kind of ignored by Mbappe or like all of the French team, basically. Like he was like also grabbing at them and they were like, get away from me. (laughs) (laughs) I love from like athletes. I love when athletes are like, I'm here to work. Leave me alone. Yeah. And it's, (laughs) or it's like, also like this cornball does not rate for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love it. And Drake Um, lost a lot of money. Oh, good. I don't like Drake. What major announcement did Trump have this week? He had... Trump announced, he teased it the day before. He was like, big announcement, huge. (laughs) And then the next day, it was like basically NFT trading cards that he was selling. Yeah, of him as like a superhero and like like jacked versions of him. It was insane. Well, that's the thing about conservative artwork, right? Is that like, you if you like Trump, that's stupid. But if you like him because he's like a big, strong guy with abs, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, yeah. the, the idea of like drawing him like that is like, well, so you like this fictional guy, not yeah. the real one. That it's like, it's okay that he's like a big, soft guy. That's like the least. Who's like offensive always thing leaning at a 45 degree angle. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> and that he's like riding an eagle. It's like, what do you it's think insane. he is? Yeah, it's wild. I also like that they don't change his face to be more ripped. So it's yeah. just like his face on like the rock's body. You know yeah, what it, I mean? It it's like, like doesn't how make a, any physical sense. It's like Microsoft paint level, like cut, cut paste. paste. Yeah. What did Vulture declare this the year of? Ooh, hmm, I should know this. My My wife works there currently. Ooh. The year of... Wait, can I have a hint? It's something that a lot of comedians have a chip on their shoulder about, or like people in entertainment who have mm. had to work really hard. Oh, yes. I said today, the year of Nepo Babies, right? The year Nepotism? of the Nepo Baby. Yep. And it's super that. funny. It's like got like these on the cover. It's got like bassinets with like baby bodies. And again, terribly Photoshopped adult faces mm-hmm. of the Nepo Babies, like Jack Quaid or the girl from Stranger Things. Uh, Maya Hawk. Maya Hawk and like Ben Platt and stuff, who I didn't know, I didn't realize he was an episode. His baby. dad is like a big producer. Oh, that's right. That's right. And the little byline was like, oh, look, she has her mother's eyes and agent. Um, <laughs> and then there's like a quote from it that somebody posted that was really funny. It's no surprise so many Nepo babies get their start as models. The manager says the child doesn't have to open their mouth. I've learned that once they start speaking, the public doesn't go along for the ride, they say. The more they talk, the more unrelatable they become. <laughs> The most self-aware among them have the savvy display against type, but that creates its own problems. On Instagram, a lot of them are not necessarily showcasing their life as a socialite. They're like, oh my God, look at me at this dive bar. Girl, weren't you just on a yacht last night? <laughs> like, it's really funny how they have to like structure and like 
create this persona in order to become more relatable. It's interesting too, because I feel like you used to think about like dynastic, like my, I have a friend, I don't, I don't want to blow up her spot if she doesn't want to blow it up or if she wants to talk about yeah. it, but like, who is a really smart writer and thinker about these things. And she's like, you know, you used to kind of talk about dynastic Hollywood families in like a glamorous way where like yeah. Drew Barrymore is like the child of Hollywood legends. Yeah. And you're like, that's, that's like a glamorous thing to be. And now it's like, you know, it's, it's so many, pe I would say more people are that, which maybe makes it le feel less unique and special, yeah. but it is much less, you can't like wear it on your sleeve quite the same way. Even Drew Barrymore like went on Z-Way show and she was like, I didn't even get one family heirloom. So like, how was I like, like, it's so interesting. Ben Stiller had this when he yep. was on, like on Twitter. It's just weird to me to not acknowledge that it does help you out a lot. Like I totally. was an engineer and that was made so much easier by the fact that my dad and my brother were engineers, even if they weren't, my dad wasn't the same type of engineer, mm -hmm. but he knew how to like help me academically, you know, like you have an in. preschool teaching job. Yeah, like there's connections. And then in Hollywood, it's like, it's like having those connections is so much more helpful than like any, any like other factor, it's, you know? I actually, this is my hot take is that when someone is good, like when someone's really talented, I don't mind, like I don't get mad when I find out that their parents were in show business in some way, but I do mind when they pretend yes. that that means nothing. Um, that is, I think, a lukewarm take because, well, part of it is hot. I think the second part is hot. The first part I've heard so many times from comedians where they're like, I don't mind if they're good. And it's like, I don't mind either, but there is that thing of like, you're living in denial, buddy, like on the second part yeah. of it. This is why I love Randall Otis. He's a, a New York comedian yeah, I know and Randall he wrote Otis, on The yeah. Daily Show. In his bio, he's like, my parents are rich. And it's like so fucking funny because he's not a Nepo baby. Like he just has rich parents. Sure. But like any try, any like, amount you try to roast him for having rich parents he has already thought like 12 steps ahead and will come back to you with like a wittier response than anything yeah. and that i'm like i'm i fucking respect that you're owning it you're acknowledging it and you're funnier you know <laughs> like, right and it's like what do you i there's a level at which you kind of go well like what do you want someone to do other than like acknowledge and be aware of yeah. whatever privilege they and experience uplift other people who and uplift other people. That, yeah. That's very fair. Yeah. Totally but don't, fair. and don't, don't act, don't Ben. I mean, look, Ben Stiller, I, I love so much of his work, yeah. but, and I think it's great. And I'm, I'm not like the world would be better if Ben Stiller didn't get to make a TV shows or whatever, yeah. but I am like, Ben Stiller, we give you all that. Can you just admit that like, it's easier It's a skosh, even if you work very hard. I, the way I think of it is this. It's not that you don't have to work hard necessarily. I believe he works hard, maybe as hard as anyone in entertainment, sure. Yeah. Even if you grant that premise. But it's just that your hard work gets goes multiplied. Further. Yes, yeah. it goes so much further. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that bothers me is like, I don't understand why people, like this is a thing across the board for any industry, but people really think is that they work the hardest. And like the successful people who think that it's, I think it's so incredibly damaging because they look down on people who aren't as successful and they think the reason that they're not like as successful either financially or like with respect or whatever yep. is because those people don't work as hard. And it's like, what world are you living in where you think you're better than people because you, you think you work hard, you know, like so yeah. many people 
people work hard. The fucking bus driver is working their ass off. Like the fucking trash collector, like everybody is working hard. Life is hard. (laughs) Yes, life is hard. And and in what world, like unless you're, what would make you think that working equally hard always at at the same thing always brings equal results? Like I could shoot 10,000 jump shots a day. Yeah. And I would, and it's not like for lack of trying that I wouldn't be in the NBA. That is a toxic thought that I have is that I'm like, if I stopped everything and just tried one sport, I could still end up in the Olympics. That's like really? something it, that's like the the most toxic thought in my mind is like the reason I'm not in the Olympics is because I just didn't go for it. Even though I'm like the least sporty person. In the Wait, whole do you want to hear do you want to hear mine? Mine is closer to my job, but equally delusional. I feel like I could if I focused on it be like a top 10 poet in the game oh my god wow yeah eat shit amanda gorman (laughs) (laughs) amanda gorman i'm coming for your spot (laughs) two more questions in this trivia game okay why did a couple of senior citizens get arrested it was there was a video about it it was very it was something very innocuous and and good for the environment that they were doing why did they get arrested were they picking up trash Kind of. If you, okay. If you think of cats as trash. Oh yeah, they were feeding straight. They were feeding straight cats. <laughs> they weren't even. They weren't even just feeding them. They were. They were going to like a public park. Basically, they were feeding, trapping, and adopting out these cats. They yeah. were like taking them from the park, and they were like being a nuisance in the park, fostering to... them essentially. And... Yeah, and so and they got arrested. There was a really like terrible video of the police just being really shitty and like arresting these like 85 year old people and trying to put them in the in the cop car and all i have to say to these like white boomers is welcome to the resistance because (laughs) if they're arresting you for cats then maybe abolition is good i don't know (laughs) okay why was another woman arrested but this is related not a senior citizen it's related to robert de niro and the holidays I have no idea. She's trying to, she dressed up as Santa and tried to vaccinate Robert De Niro. Oh, interesting. Vaccinate. Um, No, she was accused of stealing Christmas presents from his home. She grinched him. She grinched him. She grinched Robert De Niro. They found a 30-year-old woman in his living room trying to remove property and they arrested her. And he was like upstairs and was like coming down as she was being arrested. That's crazy. um, I'll tell you what, Grinch, Grinch smarter, not harder, right? You don't that's have to so do true. all of Whoville. You just find you gotta, one. Yeah, you find you get one De Niro and that's a pretty yeah. good tree to, to scoop. You're harder. the next leader of the bling ring. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of that, he is anti-vax. I think it was like his film festival had had oh. anti-vax movies and they got. Oh, trouble. I yeah. didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, okay, a, a okay. while ago. This yeah. was pre-COVID vaccine. This is back when it was like old school anti-vax. Oh, he's like an old OG anti-vaxxer. Do well, I don't think- know if it's it was like something that aired in tri- at the Tribeca okay, Festival okay. that that ran, which is his festival that he was kind of like you know different viewpoints. Oh wow! Now that's making me wonder if like old anti-vaxxers are like bitter at like new anti-vaxxers. They're like hipsters. Just, yeah, they're like we we hated vaccinations before it was before cool. it was cool. <laughs> like- yeah. Keep anti-vaxxing weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, guaranteed. Okay, we're going to dive in on some headlines. We have some quick updates on previous stories. 
Sam Bankman Freed of FTX. Uh, shout, out, 30, shout out to SBF at FTX. <laughs> was arrested in the Bahamas and his parents are implicated too. Like incredible family business, cryptocurrency. That's we- reverse nepotism, getting your parents arrested. <laughs> if Hollywood stars were fucking real people, they would fucking get their parents arrested more often. Lori Laughlin's kid did it, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> That's reverse nepotism. <laughs> Fully flip the script. Right? Yep. Yeah. Get your parents arrested. Yep. Get them to just, you know, feed some cats and then maybe we'll start there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Kevin DeLeon of the LA City Council debacle still has not stepped down. Yeah. He like fought. He like hit someone recently. <laughs> yeah, it was the latest. He like fought someone. Yeah. After saying he said all that, it was like, a conversation that went public, right, of people, the city council saying all this racist stuff, and yes. the other ones resigned, and he didn't. Him and Gil Cedillo did not resign, but Gil Cedillo oh, right. was, like, already getting replaced by Unicef right. Hernandez. So then Kevin DeLeon, like, came back and was at a holiday event, and there were protesters, because, like, protesters have been shutting down the meetings, good for mm-hmm. them, uh, demanding that these people leave and he got in a we, yeah, we covered the fight last week, and okay. he still is not resigned. He, like, yeah, it's wild. It's um, like the Trump thing, right? Of like, if your brand is I'm a piece of shit, you can just be a piece of shit. But the thing was, like, I don't know what Kevin DeLeon's brand was before this, but it wasn't right. this, like, this is like... No, but it's a hard heel turn. This is like Elon destroying Twitter, like, live before yep. our eyes, which we're yep. going to get into. But, okay. like, it's like the same thing of, like, every day there's just some new shit, it feels like, that Kevin DeLeon is doing or saying I, that is just, he was, like... He was not super on my radar before that the yeah. mass resignation. And um, it just feels like he's, like, one of those guys where you're, like oh, if you can't make me do it, I won't do it. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but he's acting like he's like a hero for staying yeah. in the thing, which is like, wow, incredible. Well, he went, you know, cancel culture and everything. He's he's a warrior. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to start touring with like alt-right comedians. Okay, let's talk about this Elon shit because what the fuck is happening? Every day there's like new rules that are tweeted out by Elon that retroactively get people banned. We we talked about like all the other shit that happened before, but mm-hmm. then he started like banning banning journalists because yep. of the Elon Jet account. The Elon Jet account was created by a twenty year old apparently fan of his. Yes, who, and it tracked his jet, and there were like responses. Elon's been trying to get this account down. He like tried to pay him five thousand dollars to get it taken down, and he was like, "No, give me fifty thousand and like an internship and." All and he said no. And he, and he said no. <laughs> and then he also was like, he like asked the Elon, he was like, how did you do this? And it's like, you're, you were in charge of Tesla and SpaceX, dude. Like, how And the information know? is publicly, publicly registered, available. right? It's yeah. not like he's, when when you say he's tracking the jet, he's like recording where it goes and like and then just publishing that. It. But it's not, he's, he didn't put like a GPS in the bottom of yeah. the jet. He's not like looking up at the sky with binoculars, drawing flight paths. Like it's just yeah. information that he, he compiles that's publicly yeah. available. And then Elon Musk started, because he banned that account, journalists started reporting on it. And they had like links to articles about Elon Jet, but it was too, and that, and those articles like linked to the banned account. So it wasn't even publicly available anymore. It, it was still publicly available, but it wasn't publicly available through the On Elon Twitter, Jet, through that account, yeah. Through, the, through that account. And so then he started banning like all of these journalists, right? 
And then yep. he went into a Twitter space where they were discussing it and where the journalists could apparently yep. still speak because it was related to Periscope or some functionality yeah. in that yep. way. And so they they hadn't like been able to like ban them from spaces. Yep. And basically Elon like rage quit. I might play those spaces here. In the last few hours with a, a handful of journalists uh, being banned. Uh, yeah, um, well, as I'm sure everyone who has been doxing uh, would agree, you know, uh, showing real-time uh, information about somebody's location is uh, inappropriate, and I think everyone on this call would not like that to be done put to them. And, and there is not going to be any distinction in the future between journalists, simple journalists, and, and regular people. Everyone's going to be treated the same. They're not special because you're a journalist. You're, you're just, you're, you're a Twitter you're just your citizen. Um, so, uh, no special treatment. Um, you dox, you dox, you get suspended. End of story. Um, so, and, 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 and ban evasion, ban evasion, or like, or, or trying to be clever about it. Like, oh, I posted a link to the real time information. It's obviously, uh, that is obviously simply trying to evade the, the, the meaning. That is, there's no different from than, paste, than actually showing real time information. Um, so uh, when you're saying posting a link to it, I mean, the, some of the people like Drew and, and Ryan Mack uh, from The New York Times who were, were banned were, were, you know, they were reporting on it in the course of sort of pretty normal journalistic endeavors. Um, you consider that like a tricky attempt at ban evasion? You show the link to the real-time information, ban evasion, obviously. I, I, Drew, I don't think you were posting the real-time information, right? I mean, you're, you're suggesting that we're sharing your uh, address, which is not not true. Um, and you're suggesting that we're we're posting. We never. Uh, I I never posted your address. You posted a link to the address. We posted a link. We in in the course of reporting about Elon Jet, we posted links to Elon Jet, which are now not online um, and now banned on on twitter and, and twitter also of course marks even the instagram and mastodon accounts of elon jet as as harmful using you know we have to admit acknowledge using the same exact link blocking technique that you have criticized as part of the hunter biden new york post story in 2020 so what is different yeah. here and it's there no more acceptable for me it's, it's no more acceptable for me for you than it is for me same thing so anyway, uh, so it's unacceptable what you're doing. No, what you, you, you docs, you get suspended End the story. That's it. Elon, I have to ask. I mean, I think what everyone's wondering is it, it's highly unusual for journalists at The Washington Post and The New York Times to be have their Twitter accounts suspended. And it just so happens that it's, you know, the, the, the boss in charge, you know. Uh, so, you know, what's the deal there? Oh, I think. I think Elon has uh, has left. <laughs> I guess that's I unfortunate because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, guess what the difference is there. You know, Man, not I trying to. So many, I was raring yeah. to go, guys. <laughs> I know, I was too. <laughs> I was gonna it, order a cyber truck. I just want to say, sorry, I don't want to browbeat him. Um, and you know, this this is reporting, right? There is value to reporting where people go. You know. Most of what Elon Jet shared was him going to 
the factory in California or the factory in Texas. Elon basically like couldn't properly answer the questions and then like rage quit the space and then spaces went down. Like he took away the functionality of the entire fucking feature, which apparently was really not good for like Findom people because like pay pigs apparently really like being humiliated in spaces. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either until I saw some tweets about it. So he took away some fun pleasure things from from Findom workers. He unbanned the journalists eventually because of a a poll, right, that he put out. And then he brought back spaces. And then he said that you can't link to other social media accounts on Twitter. And then eight hours later, went back on that. Yeah, and he like banned Mastodon's account too initially. Yeah, so he he they they had the Twitter policy was tweeted out that you can't promote other social media platforms, which is fucking insane. Like everybody has links to other things, and he's like, and you won't get away with it even if you write out .com or have images of it. Um, and Taylor Lorenz was banned because of a link she tweeted that was only later defined in this Twitter policy, and then that was yeah undone like eight hours later, and then Elon tweeted about whether he should step should i step down as head of twitter i will abide by the results of this poll and all of the and he lost worse than like presidents lose it's right now <laughs> like at 57.5 yes 42.5 no and yeah. then he, and then he later said like there is no successor there is no like successor to ceo so i think he wants to destroy it and people were talking about like tesla and like i don't understand all of this shit but like tesla and shares and they're worried that he's trying to like make Twitter go bankrupt on purpose. Basically mm. people are like, he's playing chess. And I'm like, no, he's not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's just yeah. like an egomaniac just running on fumes. He's not playing chess, but I could see him like wanting to destroy it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then meanwhile, there are bots just running rampant, pushing adult content, which is pushing down the protests that are happening in China against extreme oh, I COVID saw that. restrictions. Yeah. Right. Like people are being like, like physically kept in their homes, like, uh, like through physical barriers and unable to like leave their own homes. And they, those protests are being diminished because of the lack of moderation because of how terrible Twitter has been because of Elon running it. It's really amazing. It's truly insane. It's really breathtaking because I don't think like, maybe I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot. I'm pretty dumb, (laughs) but when Trump was doing, when Trump was like being awful increasingly in yeah. his presidential campaign and people were going, this can't possibly be working for him. And it was. Yeah. And I was wrong. But I don't think this is working. Like, I don't think this is making him, I don't think this is gaining him support. Like, I don't yeah. think he's picking up steam as this goes. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, he had a falling out with Barry Weiss after she, like, <laughs> that was you know hilarious. I mean? yeah. Like, he's slowly, like, all of the people that were like pro Elon are like slowly falling out with him. And they're also like super insane. Right. Do you remember yeah. what the tweet said with the Barry Weiss one? I forgot. It was, she had criticized him for there was something that he did, the spaces thing, right? Yeah. Something like that. And she was like, now I'm an independent and fair journalist. And so I have to say, this is like not a great look with him suspending journalists. And he was like, screw you. And she had been publishing his, his Twitter files. His Twitter Um, files. And then also like he gave her access to like DMs and stuff. Like that was like also confusing. Like, yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know if that's true. I was a little murky on that too. Yeah. 
but he and then he unfollowed her yeah <laughs> which is so funny and it's just like yeah bud this guy doesn't care about anyone yeah people who like throw in with like these psychopaths and then are like they betrayed me it's like yeah, yeah. have you never watched any season of game of thrones like i don't understand have you never watched this guy <laughs> yeah truly <laughs> um, the, the previous season of elon musk yeah. where he had like a horrible breakup with his the the mother of his, his youngest second youngest child and frankly i think his own children right is yes. one of one of his ch uh, children is trans fully right? disowned fully yeah. disowned him and changed changed their last name and then yeah. and then he showed up at the world cup right him and jared yes. and the saudis who are the second largest shareholders of twitter yep just Jared Kushner, not Jared... from Subway. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a clarification. That and not the jewelry store. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who? Which is the worst Jared, in your opinion? I mean, Jared from Subway, pretty bad. Pretty fucking bad. The other Jared gets $2 billion to allow Saudis to murder a man in a consulate. Also bad. Also I didn't say bad. that's good. Both bad. I would, I would say the scope of Jared Kushner's badness is wider yeah because he has more access to hurting yeah. more people yeah. but jared from subway also terrible it's yeah, a real, it's a real of... toss up of evil jareds i would say those are my bottom two jareds in my jared power rankings yeah i, I knew a lot of jareds i grew up in utah okay <laughs> there were a I lot didn't of realize that was such a, a utah is it a mormon yeah, name I think so. There were like Jared. Yeah, Jared was a good a, a good name for that was in my periphery for like grade zero to like probably like tenth grade. There were a lot of Jareds in my life. <laughs> wow. But yeah, these were the worst ones that I know of. Jared yeah, there could from be worse Jared. School. Um, um, Jared <laughs> Hitler. Someone's listening right now. <laughs> Have you ever Adolf Hitler's brother? <laughs> Jared <laughs> silently Hitler. watched. Yeah, so they were all Elon and Jared Kushner and the Saudis were at the World Cup having the worst fucking time of their lives. Did you see that picture? They just looked so miserable. Like, yeah. so sad. That's uh, that's the only relief I took from all of this. I'm like, they just look fucking, uh, like, unhappy. And that made me happy. Did you watch any of the, the World Cup at all? You said you're not no. really, like, okay. Well, it's not that. I usually would watch it, like, big sporting events that are, like, fun and, like, bring people together. But I felt Because you're so deciding which one to be a master of. Yes obviously i have to you know they're all pitching to me with these yeah, little yeah, cups yeah. they keep shoving in my face mm -hmm. like stop being so thirsty but i felt really conflicted about the qatari yeah like situation so i was sense. like i'm just gonna sit this one out and watch clips who's a weird Twitter. one yeah the um the shot that kind of pulled out from the stadium through the like open roof it reminded me of the eye of sauron from oh Lord my god <laughs> terrifying Somebody photoshopped Messi onto like this rock or something, like kissing the what is it called? The trophy. The, the, yeah, the trophy. Kissing the trophy, and it looked like he was in hell. And they were like, "Why is he in hell?" <laughs> like, last two. We got to get through two more stories. Okay, uh, I'm ready. Congress's final report is going to come out soon. The House committee is invest who investigated the January sixth insurrection mm -hmm. is voting to adopt the final report present the fighting findings and recommend criminal referrals. The full report is coming out to the public on Wednesday. It's eight chapters and it's deciding who is to blame for the attack. There are some interesting quotes from our one, uh, probably top worst Cheney's 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Top two worst Cheneys, Liz Cheney. But in this case, actually doing the right thing, even though people forget she's anti-abortion. She Dick said, worse. Dick is the worst Cheney. Dick is worse Cheney, for sure. The, again, the scope, the scope of his power. And honestly, this is much tougher running. He's one of the worst dicks. <laughs> He's yeah, he's one of the worst dicks. I mean, when you shoot a friend in the face, it's really hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, at the heart of our republic is the guarantee of the peaceful transfer of power. Every president in our history has accepted this peaceful transfer of power, except one, said the committee's co-chair, Liz Cheney. She also said that it was among the most shameful findings of the committee was that he sat in the White House watching everything unfold on TV. Trump did as people begged him to stop it. And mm -hmm. then she also said this was an utter moral failure of his inaction. No man who would behave that way at, at that moment in time can ever serve in any position of authority in our nation again. He is unfit for any office. Ooh, scathing words from Liz Cheney. Adam Schiff, California representative, mm -hmm. also had some things to say. He said, faith in our system is the foundation of American democracy. If the faith is broken, so is our democracy. Dom Donald Trump broke that faith. He lost the 2020 election and knew it, but he chose to try to stay in office through a multi-part scheme. So that's what, oh, sorry. That's what panel chair Benny Thompson said. So basically this panel is going to probably urge, because part of it came out, not the full report. They're probably little, going to urge- A little teaser trailer. A little teaser. Oh, I have to, this next part is going to be insane. But they're urging the, they're probably going to urge the Justice Department to pursue three criminal charges at least against Trump. Insurrection. That's a classic. Yeah, that classic. one seems, that's right there. I'm glad it's like actually named for, you know, it's not some weird legalese. It's just like insurrection. Right, right, um, right. It would be like <laughs> inciting a, a diplomatic unrest or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obstruction of an official proceeding and conspiracy to defraud the United States government. The full committee has to like approve this sub panel report. One interesting thing that I learned in reading about this is that just like the JFK assassination report and the 9-11 reports, this report is going to be made available through book publishers and they became bestsellers and this one's expected to. Yeah. Isn't that insane? I'm like, I remember when the 9-11 commission report came out. That's wild. Yeah, as a book. It's really big. <laughs> I know. I'm like, who is reading this on like airplanes? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, but this one is different in that it'll be the first one that's available first digitally to the public because it'll have like links to evidence. So Ooh. that's going to be, that's supposed to come out on Wednesday, I think. I didn't know this. I am absolutely getting this for my father-in-law for Hanukkah. <laughs> oh my God. I was wondering, I was like, who is buying all of this stuff? But then it makes a lot of sense that it would be like, like dads who have like run out of books about world war ii or something yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. okay so that's what's happening we'll see if anything ever happens to donald trump ever but hopefully something will okay the last story that i wanted to cover is a really gonna sound silly but i there's an interesting twist okay have you seen avatar way of water no have you seen the first avatar no you didn't see the first Avatar. Interesting. Okay. So the first Avatar came out, James Cameron's uh, opus. It came out in 2009. It was a $2.8 billion blockbuster. One fun thing that people don't You've know. You've heard of this movie now. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so I, I watched it while I was visiting family in India. And when we went to the theater, they were like, 
Avatar, is this an Indian thing? Because it's Avatar is like an Indian concept, like the manifestation of a god. And yeah. also all the people were blue, like Krishna. So my yep. my uncle my cousins were just like, What the fuck is this about? Is this like an Indian movie? Like <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So it was weird because they definitely took from Indian culture. Oh, for sure. So it was funny to watch that. One fun thing about it too is that they you know the the animal fucking scenes in the original Avatar? Are you aware of this at all? I thought they they did hair they had sex with their hair yeah they had like the it, i mean it's like they had sex with they basically connected to the animals yeah. through this weird like oh, i didn't know it was with animals well it's like the things that they're flying around on oh. they like they connect to them and then they fly those scenes were taken and it's basically i'm like even then i was like this looks like fucking like I yeah mean, they took out the animal fucking scenes on the disney plus streaming <laughs> I think it was also, I don't know if they aired theatrically. I thought like it, those were reinserted for the home release, but that might be No, I remember I watching wrong. that in, in the in, theaters. At least in India. And I'm like, they would definitely take that out yeah. in India. You know what I mean? Right. If it wasn't in the American release, especially. Yeah. yeah. Um, Interesting. So recently, an article has been circulating about James Cameron, and it was an article from 2010. And the title was Avatar director James Cameron joins Amazon tribe's fight to halt a giant dam. And basically he was fighting against deforestation in the Amazon. Yeah. And he was talking about how he was like learning so much from, from the people. And he's like trying to stop it. It, it definitely reeked of like white savior. Sure. Shit, which, you know, the first avatar did too. But there's a quote from it that was um, circulating that really like encapsulated how fucked up this attitude was. But he said, I felt like I was 130 years back in time watching what the Lakota Sioux might have been saying at a point when they were being pushed and they were being killed and they were being asked to displace and they were being given some form of compensation. He said, this was a driving force for me in the writing of Avatar. I couldn't help but think that if they, the Sioux, had had a time window and they could see the future and they could see their kids committing suicide at the highest suicide rates in the nation because they were hopeless and they were a dead end society, which is what is happening now, they would have fought a lot harder. Yikes. Literally yikes. Wow. Yeah. What a bleak thing to say. What a horrific thing to say that this is again that work hard other people would should work harder mentality yeah. fighting right. against like, your own genocide right. like, like you think they weren't working fucking hard mm-hmm. you think yeah, you could do it better if you were on that plane <laughs> mark yeah mark, mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah james if james cameron were a lakota sue yeah uh, i would have stopped 9-11 <laughs> yeah <laughs> like well that's this is so interesting because i hadn't seen that quote but yeah. I keep feeling about the James Cameron quotes that have been coming out about the new movie have been so funny, but they're all on that end of the spectrum where like, he's just like really talking, he's being really spicy. And I'm like, yeah. I'm more, I was like, when's he going to step over the line and say something really fun? Cause you know what I mean? Turns where people are like 12 years ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like- right. But it's I that's that's exactly the kind of thing that I was like, this is going to come out next because yeah. he's not talking in any kind of PR friendly way where people I, the benign ones are so funny where he's like, people are like, the this movie's like um, like three hours long. What if people have to go pee or like, yeah. what if they have to step out of it? And do you want to have an intermission? He's like, no, they'll catch what they missed when they see it the second time. And he's that just like so being funny. so cocky about it. 
That is so insane. It's so funny. But then you, I knew, I knew it was, there was going to be a point where you'd be like, and I don't care if Jews never see this movie. Yeah, I don't think yeah. they should. And you're like, whoa, 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 Jimmy. Yeah. There was going to be something. This man is like, it's very vibes of a man who spent a lot of time in a submarine. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, he was like oh, super yeah, into sure. ocean shit for so long. It's also like, he's been like i don't under like i understand his projects are like huge blockbusters between like titanic and and avatar terminator oh yeah like but it's also like he spends so much time like going off and working on these things that i'm just like why is he still in the news <laughs> like i'm like why is but he he's in made, the person he's made how many of the biggest I highest know. grossing movies of all time yeah it's huge but it's, it's like i don't know unobtainium wasn't that the thing from the first avatar Mm -hmm. come on on. it's a lot of come on but you can't argue with results you can't but um (laughs) he's yeah he's like so this is like what like if elon musk had like one shred of cool in him yeah or he would be like this like he would be doing weird stuff and he would emerge like every seven years and have a press cycle where he just says like eight amazing things and then you'd forget that like maybe he's an asshole yeah Uh, you know what i mean like that's it's amazing that there are people that are so rich that just like want to be in the spotlight all the time and don't want to just turn up when they're like i have a big announcement i've come out of a cave to tell you all (laughs) yeah yeah i feel like if he actually just like solved world hunger we wouldn't have a problem (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then he had like a tax thing, right? Where someone had said like, hey man, if you just spent whatever, $5.6 billion, you, there would be no more world hunger. Yeah. And then he was like, I'm donating this much money. And then it was to his own foundation. It's so So stupid. it was just like a, a tax loophole. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay, those were like the headlines we got to. Um, yeah. what, what movies are you going to watch for the holidays? Speaking of Avatar. Ooh, we're going to watch, we're definitely going to watch Glass Onion. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I'm really psyched. I really like Knives Out. I thought the first time I love Knives Out, yeah. Um, And Janelle Monae's in this one. Oh, yeah. So exciting. Catherine Hahn, I think I saw on a poster. Oh, what the fuck? I love Catherine Hahn. How could you not? Uh, Then, I don't know. There's a couple things we're going to... But that's like the headliner for sure. Okay. I've been thinking a lot about Adam Sandler lately and always. Mm. But I think we might do like one old sandler rewatch like we might do like a happy gilmore oh um, interesting which i haven't seen in like a really long time yeah that'd be fun he's winning, he's winning the mark twain prize oh yeah that'll yeah, be interesting do you know what i found out about adam sandler that made me sad he's a republican that's what i hear yeah i've heard which is not an excuse for writ large about bad politics i've heard he's lovely in person yes but that's but, the problem yes that's the problem that yes. adds to the problem also i loved yes. his last special i watched it like three times in a row it was great it's i, it was, I was really were i was truly nervous because the work his early stuff like pre or i guess contemporary like his albums the sketch comedy albums that he did were like so formative for me when i was little that oh. and they're so inappropriate for a kid my age yeah. that it just like i was like oh i'm worried that this is gonna be like bad and it's gonna make me feel bad and then i watch well, it and i was like, like this is good and makes me feel amazing yeah it was like one where i was like thank god he's not talking about cancel culture i know, you know what i mean like exactly 
Jesus Christ, you know? It would be so funny. He's like, whenever like Mr. Bean talks about cancel culture and stuff, (laughs) it's so funny to me. Like whenever it's the people that make like the silliest comedy, like Adam Sandler being like, you can't even ask a swan if he's looking at you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I've been watching all of the terrible Christmas movies. Oh, Oh, sure. I, and I watched like uh, all the princess switches with Vanessa Hudgens. There are three of them. It's super fun. I just want someone to let me write for or put me in a really terrible Christmas movie. That's all I want. I, I want bet you so could. Bad. I want it so bad. I want to write bad TV and bad movies so bad. We like, know I feel like I could done do that. Just put me in there. You know what I mean? If you yeah. know anyone, anyone listen to this podcast who can get me into like, like I can also do the queer angle of like, you know, writing a Christmas queer movie that puts us uh, the community back decades. I could do anything. You know what I mean? (laughs) Now it's the end of the episode. Finally, Josh, I keep talking to you. We could talk forever. I noticed. And honestly, I was, yeah, I I have some thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew this was going to be a podcast, but I thought we'd sit Mm -hmm. in silence for for three hours. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was going to be one of those, those like kind of a Miranda July, the podcast is present. (laughs) So you had a mutual aid babe of the week that you wanted to plug that I thought was really wonderful. Um, oh yeah. Can you yes. plug it for us? Yes. My friend Jane does, she, she has been doing diaper distribution for it's about a hundred families in Bushwick and Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn every week. Um, did I say for over two years to donate, to buy stuff off the wish, wish list for this, this mutual aid pantry. It's tinyurl.com slash V hyphen living hyphen pantry or Venmo at the jungle Jane. I've done distro. I've only gone once, but it's like diapers are so important. And it's, I think one of those items that like they, the expenses rack up so quickly. And it's something that like, when you need it, you really need it. And so it's part of this bigger pantry that does like fresh groceries and stuff. But Jane is in charge of the, the diapers. And if you want to, do like a regular donation like because i i am a regular contributor because it's like you know i think it's tricky when this community-based stuff people kind of there's an influx of cash and then it stops coming in especially around the holidays yeah Yeah. shoot me a message and i'll put you in touch with with jay and just you know at me on twitter or send me a dm or something speaking of what is your social media uh, usernames i am at josh gondelman g-o-n-d-e-l man on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Um, yeah. And then I don't know if I can legally say because of the new rules, Mastodon, I'm not on, <laughs> I need to get on the other ones, but I just don't know which one's going to be good, but Twitter, I, Instagram, and I post some stand up and stuff on TikTok. I re- I reserved my names on those and then I, I just never, that. I never went there again. <laughs> I, I got to like, get I on can't. post. This is too much. I got to get on um, Slurp. Grubhub. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Grubhub. <laughs> Shortpeoplemeet.org. Um, <laughs> I'm not even that short. People just think I'm short so I could get it. Wow. Because you have such a gentle uh, demeanor. I have a little little guy energy. Aww. (laughs) And then you had a special called People Pleaser. Yep. Where can people find that? That is available wherever you choose to rent or purchase video online. Apple TV, Vimeo, YouTube. It is free for prime subscribers so if you are a prime subscriber which i can't say that i endorse otherwise (laughs) i don't subscribe to prime just to watch my special but if you are subscribed to prime you can watch my special for free otherwise it's like five bucks wherever yeah 
Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Josh. Thank you. Great to see you. Great to see you too. Meeting adjourned. This episode of the City Council podcast was written, created, and produced by Paula Viganalan. That's me. The music was written and produced by Ruby Ibarra. Be sure to follow us at City Council, spelled S-E-L, show on Instagram and Twitter for more weekly podcasts and live stand-up comedy shows. To support the show and for exclusive bonus content, please join the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash city council show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.